What is up, my friends? Welcome to a Friday episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. It is August 21st. Our Bruins are off to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I am your host, Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren, my former hockey editor at The Score, also contributor to various SB Nation sites, including our own cup of chowder back in the day, and also covered the Bruins for the hockey writers several years ago. If you want to keep up with the podcast, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your other podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed if you're not aware how podcasts work. And then you can download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also please rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. I don't think today's episode will be overly long as the Bruins did have Thursday off following their Game 5 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. Team President Cam Neely was on the media availability Zoom and answered a bunch of questions. Uh, so I'll kind of recap that and also include his response to my own question, which was very cool. And also kind of take a look at who the Bruins could be in line to play in round two, uh, as well as some other news and notes from around the NHL. But let's begin with Cam Neely's state of the Bruins address following the first round win. And... Let's uh, take a quick listen to the question that I asked him about Andre Kasha. Hi, Cam. Yeah, I'm just wondering about your impressions of uh, Andre Kasha so far, another guy that you guys acquired prior to the deadline and uh, didn't see too much of him before the pause and in uh, training camp. But what was your assessment of of his contributions during the the opening round? Well, I I think he was a huge addition, um, you know, in that Carolina series, him and Kretsch found some chemistry with uh, with Jake there. Um, obviously, missed camp. That was um, a little unfortunate. Uh, he got hurt, um, you know, when he got here, and then and then the pause happened. So we didn't really get a chance to see him too much. But you know, we watched certainly watched him enough before we acquired him, and we kind of knew what we were going to get. And uh, I, I just like the chemistry that he's got with with that line with Kretsch and DeBrusque. Kasha, for my money, was one of the better Bruins in the first round. Obviously, David Krejci's play uh, was an impetus for that, but uh, Kasha has very seamlessly transitioned into the Bruins lineup. He has definitely come as advertised, and uh, that trade that jettisoned David Backus's contract, yes, it cost the Bruins their first-round pick, but hopefully that will be a very late first-round pick, ideally 31st. And the fact that they were able to bring Kasha back in return and that he's also a uh, you know under control, he'll be with the team for at least one more season, and he'll be only an RFA at that point, meaning the Bruins will have leverage to re-sign him. Uh, that was a great, great move by general manager Don Sweeney. And uh, hopefully Kasha is a key member of the second line for uh, a few seasons yet at the very least. Indeed, among all Bruins forwards at 5-on-5 five five so far through the playoffs, Kasha 
ranks third with a uh, Corsi percentage of actually, wow, he's tops among Bruins forwards with a Corsi percentage of 58.11, which is uh, just a touch better than Patrice Bergeron. So that just shows you when he's on the ice, the Bruins have had 86 shot attempts against 62, uh, which is uh, a great differential for the Bruins and just shows you how important he has become to this team already. Neely went on, well, he began by talking about Tuka Rask, saying he has not spoken to Tuka in the last few days, but as Don Sweetie mentioned, he came to them and spoke to both he and the general manager on the morning of game three, which was last Saturday, and he said he had to go home and deal with a family emergency, so they respected that. Now he said it's about the guys that are here and the team that we have here that we have to focus on, so Neely confirming that Rask did indeed leave the bubble due to a family emergency, not solely because he missed his family and wanted to leave the bubble. It was a legit emergency. Neely also credited the team's close-knit leadership group for helping the team navigate through the waters of Rask leaving and having Pasternak out of the lineup due to injury. He said they're a really close group to begin with, Both young and older players really get along well and have a lot of fun together. They're tight both on and off the ice, which I think helps make a successful club. I really agree with that. Even yesterday on the off day, you probably saw the pictures of players uh, playing tennis in Toronto, just having a good time from Chara on down to Anders Bjork. Uh, Guys really just uh, getting along well, and it's a close group, which, uh, you know, they've been a lot through a lot together, even as recently as last season. Asked what stood out to him during the Bruins series win over the Hurricanes, he obviously mentioned the big comeback in Game 4, the Charlie McAvoy hit on Jordan Stahl, which he said it was like hitting a truck. It's hard in the building when there isn't energy from the fans. You have to create your own energy on the bench, and when you get a hit like that, he said, it certainly elevates the energy on the bench and the players on the ice. Those guys really stepped up for us when we need them. He also cited Connor Clifton, who had that big goal to tie the game and uh, a pretty big hit prior to that as well. The leadership group has a lot to do with it as well. On Yaroslav Halak, Neely said he's a competitor both on and off the ice. He's well-focused. Obviously a little surprising to get the call when he did, but you have to be prepared to come in at any time. He stepped in and did a good job for us. He's very intense. And he's also got a great sense of humor. So uh, it's good that he can, um, yeah, have that uh, kind of balance on and off the ice. And he's definitely well-liked. As I played you earlier, um, Neil is very high on Andre Kasha. He also was asked about Nick Ritchie and whether or not he'll get another shot in the lineup. He began the series against Carolina on the third line, uh, was removed from the lineup, But he said he'll certainly contribute for us at some point, especially if we go deep into the playoffs, whether just because of injury or different matchups. Neely said it was a little different series. This was a fast team we played in Carolina, maybe not necessarily as physical. I think we'll see Nick down the road for sure. And, you know, if the Bruins do indeed 
matchup with the Lightning, as we'll touch on here in a moment, then you probably will see Nick Ritchie come back into the lineup uh, with the likes of Pat Maroon, Blake Coleman, guys like that standing on the opposite side of the ice. Uh, the Bruins might try to balance, uh, you know, body for body there, although maybe they want to stick with the quicker, more skilled lineup to counter that. Um, I'm not sure exactly who would come out of the lineup. Probably Par Lindholm. You put Sean Corrali back on the fourth line and then put Richie with Coyle and Stanika. That might be something uh, that you'll see. Finally, Neely was asked if there might be fans in the building next season. He said he hasn't heard anything up to this point. They're just trying to get through this year. And once they get through it, they'll have a better understanding of when they can start next season and if they can get fans in the building. That would be the ultimate goal, he said, to start the year with fans, but we're preparing for anything. Before we move on, I want to talk for a moment about Built Bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bar before on the podcast. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have six amazing new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisps, and they also have 12 original flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, great for the keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's not your first order, that's your next order and each additional order for the time being. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. While supplies last, you'll also get a free cooler with your purchase. This will only be for a week or so, so jump on that right away in order to get on that deal. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. $10 off your next box. Now on Thursday night in the NHL, the Washington Capitals were eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs after losing in five games to the New York Islanders. There is currently only one Eastern Conference series going, and that is the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. That could end as soon as tonight, as the Flyers will enter Game 6 with a 3-2 series lead. Brendan Gallagher is going to be out of the lineup for the Canadians. Some say he's the heart and soul of that team. Um, He has a broken jaw thanks to a vicious uh, incident involving Flyers defenseman Matt Niskanen, who has been suspended for Game 6. Now, the outcome of that series will impact who Boston plays in the next round. If the Flyers win the series, then it will be Philadelphia versus the New York Islanders, and Tampa Bay versus the Boston Bruins. If Montreal wins the series, then it will be Tampa Bay versus Montreal and Boston against the Islanders. Um, It's kind of a a pick-your-poison at this point. The Islanders, I haven't been high on at all during this playoff run, but they just continually get the job done. The Lightning, of course, are one of the league's elite teams and would also be uh, even more of a hard out. But under normal circumstances, the Bruins would likely have been in line to play the Lightning in the second round. Um, And, you know, to get to where they want to be, they'll have to beat every team as it is. So I'm sure they're not 
scoreboard watching too, too much because, um, you know, it is what it is and they have to beat who they have to beat. And I'm sure they would relish an opportunity to prove themselves against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that, uh, you know, served up a few fights with the Bruins in their later regular season matchups in March prior to the pause. The Bruins obviously have a few days off here, and I think it's important to keep in mind that bubble life isn't necessarily easy. I can quote here Rick Bonus, head coach of the Dallas Stars, who said the following about living in the bubble. He said, I can only speak for myself. I've gone a couple days where I haven't even gone outside because the way we're set up here, the hotel is connected to the rink. So you walk from the hotel through the tunnel, get to the rink, backed into your room. You've really got to make a concerted effort just to get outside and get some fresh air. That applies to every player on every team, so it's not just us. Everyone is making the best of it that we can and give everyone a lot of credit. Give the league a lot of credit. They've made us feel safe or secure here. Everyone's getting tested. Everyone's wearing masks. There's no issues that you're worried about there. But that being said, it's not like we're walking out to a park. We're going to a courtyard. And there's three other teams sitting there. You go to the gym. You're working out with the people that you're playing against that night. And that's what it is. So everyone deserves a lot of credit for making the best of it. Again, kudos to the league. But people think living in a bubble is great. It's tough. It's mentally tough. Everyone's making the best of it. Now, I should add, bonus is, of course, out in the Western Conference bubble in Edmonton. The Toronto bubble, where the Bruins are at, is seems a lot more fun, to be honest. There's... Uh, better views right over Lake Ontario. There uh, are better amenities in terms of what you can do on your day off. Guys can hang out uh, at BMO Field where uh, Toronto FC plays. Spike ball. They go to the Raptors um, practice facility, shoot around there. But having said that, it certainly must be a grind, especially on uh, days that you have off. Um, in between series like this because you just miss your family all that much more and you kind of get out of the groove of going to the rink every every day. Even Cam Neely talked about that yesterday on Life in the Bubble after nearly a month in Toronto. He said you have to find ways to keep yourself occupied. He has been going to some games, the ones they haven't been playing in, Not all of them, but that certainly allows you to see how other teams are playing and gives you something to do. You stare outside a lot. The weather has been pretty good here, and we're on the lake, close to the lake. It's a little teasing, I'll tell you that, because, you know, they can't get out and go for a bike ride down down those bike paths along Lakeshore Avenue down there in Toronto. Now, like I said, the Bruins have a few days off here to keep themselves occupied. They'll have the second round at which point they'll either be going home afterwards or they'll be heading on to Edmonton uh, for the conference finals and hopefully the Stanley Cup final. It really makes me wonder why Toronto isn't going to be the central hub, seeing as there's more to do there. Uh, But uh, all that to say, we saw it with Tuka Rask. There was an emergency that came up, but clearly he wasn't really enjoying bubble life prior to that. And it will have a take a toll on these guys the longer that they're in there. I know we can say, oh, they're millionaires. They have it pretty good. They're not in the military, blah, blah, blah. But still, if you think about even going on uh, 
staying at an all-inclusive resort or something for two months. It would get old after a while. That's just true of anybody. You go for a week, you're ready to go home and be with your family. So that's something to keep in mind, certainly, as the playoffs go on. Hopefully the Bruins can stay focused. I'm imagining they'll have a practice here on Friday, practice over the weekend. Hopefully games get going if things end tonight with Philadelphia beating the Canadians and Vancouver has a chance to eliminate the Blues tonight as well, then hopefully games will start again on Monday. I doubt it would be as early as Sunday, but Monday will probably be the target date, and uh, we can get going, and the Bruins can get back on the ice as soon as possible and attempt to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Speaking of the bubble, and to wrap up today's podcast, let's touch on Former Boston Bruins head coach and current NBC analyst Mike Milbury's latest, who, what should we call it? Just regrettable, unfortunate comments, brain fart, whatever you want to say. On Thursday night at the end of the game between the Islanders and the Capitals, John Forslund was talking about uh, the bubble and how great it has been hockey-wise, to keep the players uh, secure and entertained. And then Mike Milbury jumped in and said, there's not even any women around to distract the players. Oh my gosh. He said, so the exact quote is, Forslund said, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment with regards to if you enjoy playing, enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time. It's a perfect place. And Milbury responded, not even any woman here to disrupt your concentration. Milbury was rightfully called out on Twitter for these comments. Heteronormative, sexist, factually incorrect because, you know, there's women all around the bubble and just an overall terrible take. So much going on there and it really reinforces the case against having Mike Milbury on a national broadcast for the NHL, just like Don Cherry back in November is well past time for this kind of nonsense to be removed from the NHL airwaves. Um, If hockey truly is for everyone, then there is no place for those kind of comments in hockey, especially on a national broadcast. Uh, Milbury has already proven to be, you know, not the brightest crayon in the box by calling the CN Tower the Space Needle. Uh, He was very critical of Tuka Rask and his decision to opt out of the bubble. And now this and the first round isn't even done. Uh, I don't know why he's there, what value he brings to the broadcast. Uh, I don't see any when I'm listening, when I'm watching. Neither NBC Sports nor Milbury has released a statement regarding his comments. Uh, I would be very shocked if he were to apologize for them. Uh, we've already seen NBC recently, you know, can Jeremy Roenick for comments that he made on a hockey podcast. Um, and, you know, to make this kind of comment in 2020 is just absurd. There's no place for it in hockey. And, Uh, If you don't think it's a big deal, then uh, we certainly have a long way to go here as a community. Um, And, you know, you may have some 
loyalties to Milbury for his time with the Bruins. Uh, but for me, uh, I have none. And uh, it's, like I said, well beyond time for him to move on uh, to something else other than being a voice of hockey in the United States. So that's pretty much it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins for this week's run of episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time to uh, review the podcast if you have. Uh, thank you for being part of this community. I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, I'm not really sure what we're going to do. I think we're having a family pool party on Sunday. Uh, just enjoying these last days of March break here in August. And also, uh, yeah, like I said the other day, I've caught up on Billions. So um, we might check out uh, season two of a Dirty John on Netflix which is the number one show in Netflix uh, in Canada at the moment, if you can believe it. It's actually pretty good so far. We watched the first episode last night. Um, yeah, New Killers album out today, which I'll be listening to all day. And again, I appreciate each and every one of you who takes time to listen to the podcast. And uh, we will be back on Monday. Little tease here. I have a one very special guest lined up for hopefully early next week and another in the works as well. So uh, very excited about that. And uh, I hope you will be just as excited as I am. Now go check out the Locked On NHL podcast. Always some great content over there. And thank you again for listening to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.